Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to talk about the jobs report, big report, 517,000. Let me turn off my appliances here so I can hear myself think. Anyway, plus 517,000 non-farm payrolls, a big surprise to everybody. Uh, is it real? Well, I don't know. It could be real. We're going to talk. We're going to ask Mike Falkender who's a professor of finance at the University of Maryland, and he's also the chief economist of the America First Policy Institute, and he was the assistant secretary for economic policy at the U.S. Treasury during the Trump administration. Mike Vukander, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing well, Larry. It's great to be with you again. You know, before I get to the jobs number, uh, one of my bones to pick, not with you, but with the current occupant of the White House, and I mentioned this to Phil Graham, former Senator Phil Graham, a few moments ago. Biden did it again uh, on Friday. I think it was Friday. He said, well, I inherited high inflation. And like, no, you didn't. The inflation rate when you took office was 1.4%. In fact, Mike, you're, you're the numbers guy, but I'm a numbers guy too. Here, here's the deal. In 2019... The inflation, the CPI was 1.8%. This is calendar year average, Mike Falkender. 2019, 1.8%. 2020, 1.2%. Okay, those are the two years. Be- By January 21, when Biden comes off office, the CPI is 1.4%. Now, throughout 21, Biden's first year in office, it jumps to 4.7, and last year, 22, this is calendar year average, it jumps to 8. It got as high as, I go, 9 and change on a 12-month basis, and presently it's 6.5 on the 12 months to December, the last observation. So he tells me he inherited high inflation. What is he talking about, Mike Falkender? Now, let me add you some more numbers in there. The, the monthly inflation rate, so if we, if we instead of going the 12-month number, just look at the monthly numbers. They were, they were running 0.3% per month after we reopened from the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the pandemic itself was deflationary. We reopen. You know, when you turn everything back on, you're bound to get a, a small bit of inflation. We were only running 03 per month for those six months or so prior to, to Biden coming into office. Mm-hmm. In March of 2021, it doubled the 0.64% per month and stayed there for many months after that. It was it was in perfectly timed with when they passed the American Rescue Plan, right? When you go and you tell the households out in the United States, they're about to have $2 trillion more come into their pockets. They've got a lot more money, but we don't have more output. What is the natural outcome? You're going to get inflation. And the data, the monthly data show a, a very specific shift right around the time of the passage of the American Rescue Plan. So when he says, when when Biden says that he inherited inflation, that's just a fabrication. Well, he also said, remember, all of last year, no, no, all of 21, 2021, and probably into early 22, he used to always say that um, when he became president, there were no vaccines, for COVID. Now, we could debate whether the vaccines are good or bad, but I'm just saying he completely denied. He and his wife 
Both were vaccinated in late 2020, but he used to say the shelves were bare, no vaccines, and I had to bring in millions of vaccines, and I did. Completely lying about Operation Warp Speed. I mean, it's typical. Then he says, again, I think this was yesterday, Mike Falconer, he says, I brought back manufacturing. I brought back manufacturing. So I went back and looked at the numbers. The industrial production numbers and the manufacturing numbers are slumping badly right now. In fact, the ISM for manufacturing is slumping badly. What's he talking about? Absolutely. And remember, during the Trump administration, prior to the pandemic, we brought back a half a million manufacturing jobs. I know. Right? We, we had a blue-collar boom under the Trump administration because of the types of policies that we engaged in that once again encouraged companies to do manufacturing in the United States. So, no, he has a pattern. President Biden has a pattern of just making up facts whenever making up these lies whenever the facts don't serve his agenda. So whether it's the existence of a vaccine, whether it's manufacturing jobs, whether it's inflation, I also don't understand how he squares the idea that there was already inflation when he came into office, but I thought it was transitory. Oh, yeah. Transitory. Forgot about transitory, didn't we? First, he said there was first, by the way, he said there was no inflation. That was his first point. Then it got to be transitory. Then it got to be a problem, <laughs> right? And then it became, and then it became Putin's price hike, and now it's That's imperative. Right. You know, like, we're going right. to just keep changing. We're going to keep revising history yeah. because you know it's it's no longer convenient. But we see that across the board in the policies and the statements that are coming out of this White House. Yeah, we're going to see it again at the State of the Union on Tuesday night. Mark my words, it's going to be the same thing. And then we'll criticize them for it. So what did you think about the jobs report? You know, one of the things that struck me about it is if you look at the not seasonally adjusted. Yeah, I've, yeah go ahead. It fell two and a half million, which is and, and the issue is that normally in January, you would lose about three million jobs because of the temporary hiring that takes place during the holiday season. And so what happened is, is that instead of there being three million layoffs, there were only two and a half million layoffs. And so after the seasonal adjustment, it looks like we gained a half a million jobs. Mm. Right. My kind of hypothesis about the entire jobs market recently is that we're suffering from a labor shortage. And Mm. so a lot of the historical ways of thinking about jobs reports perhaps are not accurate any longer. Mm. And so what I'm saying by that is we've known for months from the JOLTS report, that there's an enormous demand for labor. And the reason that companies are only hiring, I say only, 200,000 per month is what we were seeing at the end of 2022 is because we weren't finding workers. Well, if there's you know two and a half million temporary job workers who are working holiday season who are about to you know, no longer be needed because we're, through, we're done with the holidays, that means there's all those workers out there that can find other jobs. Mm. So... I think that it's coming from this. I think we have a labor shortage and that we're going to see different patterns of, of job outcomes. We, we need to differently interpret the jobs reports. And what this tells me, if you look at the non-seasonally adjusted numbers, is there are a couple million people out there who were working in December that are still available for work. So we could see a, a couple of more good jobs reports, given the number of, of job openings that are out there. Look, neither of us... The other thing that struck me, though, is that, is that wage growth was only 0.3%. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. You're, that's where I was going. And 4.4, Mike Falkender, 4.4 for the last 12 months, which is still well below the inflation rate. The CPI through December is 6.5. We'll get a new number in January, but it's not going to be below 6. So real wages are still falling, aren't they? They are. I mean, that's, uh, you know, for working folks, that's a big problem. Yeah, I have every reason to believe that the monthly inflation number is going to come in right around the 0.3% range as well. And so that means that for the month of January, we're again going to have a wash, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, um, because shelter prices seem to still be climbing. What what brought down the inflation number in December was that gas prices had fallen. Well, gas prices didn't fall in January. Mm-hmm. So I would not at all be surprised to see a headline number uh, on the CPI report in that Point three range that's going to match hourly earnings, which means that, again, workers didn't make any progress. Mm. Um, and if you look at just the quarterly, like the uh, employment cost index number for the quarter was still 1%, which means the Fed is still, you know, we're still, we're seeing wage growth twice at the Fed's target, which means the Fed's probably not done either. Because you're not seeing negative implications in jobs reports. Yet we're still not back to a, a 2% inflation number. And if that's the case, I think the Fed's going to keep tightening at these slower rates. But, at, you know, at the 25 basis point amount, they're not going to be doing 50 bits per meeting. But if I were on the board of governors right now, if I were on the FOMC, the data suggests that they need to keep tightening. Yeah. Yeah. The employment cost numbers more or less – on a 12-month change, you're running about 5%. Of course, the other numbers, uh, productivity fell quite a bit. Unit labor costs are going up. It's not a great picture. I mean, look, you and I are not against jobs. I mean, we're for the jobs. Um, question is, though, why not spend less, tax less, and regulate less and have some, you know, let's grow the supply side of the economy. I mean, that's why I'm, I mentioned the manufacturing thing. I mean, President Biden can say whatever he wants to say, but the data show that there's a big slump in manufacturing. And it's been a slump for quite some time, but in recent months it's deteriorated. Um, so we're not getting, you know, business is not investing and uh, we're not producing what we should be producing. And I think that is a function of bad government policies, Mike Falkender. I mean, I think that's uh, I still the issue here. I agree with you entirely. I think that the more that the Biden administration mandates businesses engage in certain activities, the less productive activity in which they're going to be engaged. The more that employment is government employment mm-hmm. instead of private sector employment, that's going to be less productive. So is it that we're not putting workers into the most productive activities and instead we're putting them into government directive activities? And as a result, we're not getting anywhere near the output that we could potentially have gotten from that same amount of labor. And if that's the case, we're not going to see the growth. We're not going to see the output. And that's just going to continue to lead to the stagflation that we have been realizing over the last couple of years. You know, I'm just looking at the employment uh, sheets here. You mentioned government. So government added 74,000. And that is the third biggest Category. No, the four. The biggest category was leisure, 128. Uh, of course, education and health. That's government, isn't it? It is. <laughs> 105,000. 
So you really should put two together. The other one that jumped up was professional and business services, 82,000. And then that's healthy. That's good. But that's an interesting, you know, education and health. I mean, that's predominantly government. So actually, they right. Should be- if it's not direct government employment, it's certainly highly uh, paid for by the government. So, so what do you think in terms of the recession debate, Mike Falconer? What do you think about that? You know, as we've talked about before on your TV show, the consumer looks like they're pulling back. Right. So if you look at the retail sales numbers from both November and December, if you look at the consumer sentiment numbers, if you look at the credit card debt that's out there, if you look at the savings rate, all of that suggests that the consumers are starting to run out of money, which means they likely are going to need to pull back if they've not already started. You see that there's a decline in, in housing starts. Right. So because of the huge increase in borrowing costs in, in the mortgage market, you see business investment is down. So your your major categories that would normally go into our measures of economic output would suggest that we're on the verge of recession. And yet there are 11 million job openings. Mm. And that's the disconnect. I think that's where so many you know, economists and forecasters are struggling, is that we look at what seem to be headwinds for output demand, and yet businesses are not cutting back on hiring. Mm. And so well, labor may be cheap in real terms. Labor may be cheap. Anyway, Mike Falkender, I got to jump. Uh, former uh, assistant secretary of the Treasury for economics. We appreciate your inputs. Um, folks, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Kudlow. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to Cash Patel, former national security director. This balloon is now over North Carolina. How about that? For something? Stay with us. We're going to follow the balloon right off the edge of the earth. I'm Kudlow. Larry Kudlow on 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 